Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of bada beans, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're with on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Gee, I hope nobody is taping this. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the open book. Yes! 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 What? Your one-stop audio library for all things entertainment, video games, and the open book EFED. Tell me, he didn't just say that. What? I know how to push your buttons too. I see everything you're going to do from a mile away. With your host, the sensational sequel, Sean. Spider pig, spider pig, does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out, he is a spider pig. And Ashley is my name. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond, 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 Bond. James Bond. The lesson is about to begin. Here's Sean and Ashley. Did you see that coming? It's time! What? I got fat stacks and super packs. We all know 
what went down in that 2008 election. You're a decent politician with a winning complexion. You're all Barack and no blank, but no change. And we're all still hoping that you'll shut your mouth like Guantanamo Bay that both open. You're from the Windy City where you're looking pretty with your blowhards. But come January, you'll be left evicted and with no job. Raw rhymes stronger than my jawline when I spit a phrase. Knocking you harder than front doors in my old mission days. You see the silver spoon? This is the mass out of debt. Took you four years to drop unemployment down below 8%. You feel that, Barry? You're old dudes. Everyone's having doubts. And your rhymes are as weak as this economy that you've done nothing about. Call me a vicious businessman, cause Romney's stealing this race. I'll go bank capital on your donkey ass. Restructure your face. Well, they say your father was a great man. You must be what's left. Need to stop hating on gays. Let him teach you how to dress. You got the mama jeans. And a Mr. Fantastic face. So rich and white, it's like I'm running against a cheesecake. Republicans need a puppet, and you fed. Got their hands so far up your rear, call you mate. I'm the head of state. You're like a head of cabbage. About to get smacked by my stimulus package. <laughs> You're a bad man with no chance. You can't even touch me. I got four more years. Two turns. And a White House. Just trust me. I hope you saved your best rhymes for the second half. Because right now... I'm 47% for kicking your ass. Whatever! That 40% thing got you real mad. Wouldn't it remind you how many decent parents you had? Uh, look, I respect our religions, uh, but it might get crazy if the White House is a first, second, and a third lady. Ha! Don't bring up wives, man! What are you doing? You got hitched to the female version of Patrick Ewing! Uh, let me be clear. Uh, don't get it twisted. We'll see how pretty your face is after my face is kissed it. Uh, 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 you're a stuttering communist. Oh, yeah? Well, you're stupid. You're stupid. No, uh uh There's the power invested in me by the giant bald bird. The president shall not be the shiniest of two turns. You, I want to like you. Don't talk about changing to her. I bought what was on my brain. I tell her what it was. Hey, you, money bag, your pancake, you flip over there. It's a country, not a company. You can play like my Across the aisle and bitch smack you as equals of the people, by the people, for the people, eagle! Ah! Who won? Who's next? You deserve! Open! Ah! Rap one of the Baltimore! And good evening and welcome to the open book. That was, in case you were wondering, that was Romney versus Obama with a guest appearance from Abraham Lincoln in Epic Rap Battles of History. Nice Peter Epic Lloyd and all that. Great track. I actually like it because I can sit at it, I can look at it from an international approach and basically, yeah, it, it sums up the campaign from my opinion as much as it wants to. Considering how this show wasn't supposed to be political, Sean really threw the spanner in the works with that intro song. Anyway, yeah, welcome. Open book. We're going to be talking gaming news and entertainment news. And as I mentioned on the Facebook page, I will be going through in this first segment as well in a, in a bit some of the other developer sessions that took place at the Eurogamer event from about three weeks ago. But first, a couple of bits of wrestling news. I'll get the the sad one out of the way first. 
finding out today that the legendary Mike Graham has passed away. And although I didn't see a lot of his stuff from WCW, I know that he was he was there until it died and got bought out by WCW in 2001. So one of the arguably in the fact that he's part of the Graham family as well. One of the one of the legends is sadly no longer with us, so no doubt Sean will take my point as well and we wish his family all the best during uh, this time. Another thing to touch on is four down. We told you last week get on four down get your picks in for Bound for Glory, and it went pretty damn sweet. In the sense that I think we, I mean, not boasting myself, which that sounds wrong, but toot toot, I got number 10 on the entire website, but if you look through the list of the top 100, I think we had about at least, at least 10 people that were actually in the top 100. So I don't know whether that means it was predictable enough, but it also meant that I think we only missed out on being number one on there to the 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 guys ahead of us, the Woo Woo or whatever they the Woo World Order, that's it. We only missed out on them by six points. So if you take into account that our group is probably about 30 or 40 people and theirs is about 200 the fact that we nearly matched them is pretty impressive in that sense we're really punching above our weight so thank you to everybody there for getting your picks in make sure you do it next week for Hell in a Cell let's try and keep this momentum going but that is that's all the wrestling stuff I really want to cover tonight We'll now take a transition over to some of the big games that are coming out this year. Because this is probably going to happen as well in a couple of weeks when, if, I should say, I get to host Solo that week as well. Next time I was going to probably focus on, because quite a lot of the game sessions they talked about, the games aren't coming out till next year. So with this one I decided to focus on stuff that's coming out in the next couple of months. And we'll start off with probably the biggest game of this month being Assassin's Creed 3. So from what I could tell from the session, the guys from Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 are actually working on this. This is a different development team to the guys that did Brotherhood and Revelations. But the first clip were actually... Because the whole thing is that it's the historical side of it, because I don't want to talk about the other side of it, because that's spoilers if you haven't played the series. The historical side, this time, focuses on America. And this first clip talks about why America. So why America? Another big question. Probably more so in this room than when I'm doing this presentation in America. 
Uh, what we look for in, in, in any setting for Assassin's Creed is to go somewhere that's a big pivotal turning point in history. We like a period of conflict where people obviously are, are getting killed, where, where big events are happening. Uh, we also like going places that other games haven't been, and we like going places where specifically our franchise hasn't been. Uh, the American Revolution, even though a lot of games are set in America, I can guarantee you that you've never seen 18th century America. Uh, we also think it's a very relevant setting. Again, a funny thing to say, you might say, when it's the American Revolution. But if you think about it, up until the end of the Revolution, this is essentially a European conflict. The joke in England was it's a, it's a civil war fought on foreign soil. Uh, almost 50% of the troops at every major battle on the uh, uh, Patriot side were French. Uh, it's the French blockade of the port at Yorktown that stops the British being resupplied, that causes the British to surrender. Uh, the American troops are trained by a guy called von Steuben, who's German. So this is a hugely European conflict when you get into the, into the heart of it, and it's of course the founding of America as well. Have you got a lot of, you got a lot of comments like, why do you want to kill the British? <laughs> uh, I think I've been sent here as the token Brit on the team to explain that basically when you go in Boston, you'll hear that everyone has an English or a Scottish or an Irish accent even. It's very much everyone is British. There is no America until the end of the game. So I think you'll find that quite surprising. So there you go. Just to uh make sure Sean doesn't try and take a dig at me. It starts off as pretty much a European battle overseas and then eventually becomes George Washington with a king on his with a crown on his head. But I don't know. I just put that in to try and give their explanation as to the situation because there was a quite a bit of as they mentioned talk about what's going on. So the next clip we'll actually go to is regarding the main character, Connor, who is, from what we can tell, he's American, well, he's got an American Indian heritage. So let's talk about, well, the next clip we'll be talking about the development of that character and a very interesting comment from the guys. Basically, when we started out, uh, we knew we didn't want to tell a story that was about Mel Gibson in The Patriot defending, you know, Americans and, 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 and the land of the free. Uh, uh, and we didn't want to tell a story about uh, anyone defending king and country either. We wanted someone who was a step removed from the conflict. And historically, this is accurate. Also, it fits with some ideas we had about having a minority as a lead character, of having an outsider as a lead character, these sort of unusual flavors for, uh, for most video games. And we thought this was a much more fun fantasy to dig into. Uh, but we took the process really, really seriously. We didn't want to, you know, have Tom Hanks in The Last of the Mohicans. We, we really wanted someone to embody Connor who was uh, himself half Native American. Uh, and this is very hard if you're ever casting yourself a film with Native Americans in it. Be aware that everybody was in Twilight. Uh, and, and it is very, very hard to find an actual Native American actor who wasn't. Uh, but we found this guy, Noah Watts, he's fantastic. Uh, he himself is half Blackfoot, half American. So he really felt this character and he really helped us uh, bring him to life. We worked with native consultants in the Kanienka community near us to make sure that our language was appropriate. Uh, there's a whole section of the game in the middle where we actually perform it in the appropriate language. And as so something that I'd never heard before, and I'm sure most people here haven't heard before, but it leads uh, uh, or it gives you a sense of authenticity in the scene that I think is really powerful. So there you go. If you were wondering why you haven't seen many American Indians on TV and movies recently, there's the report, apparently, that it's because they were all signed up by the Twilight people. So you can blame that. Which is pretty sweet, because I want to blame Twilight for anything. 
that's aside from that. One thing that some people have been noticing is the commercials have been talking about an hour of exclusive content for PS3 people. What they said in the developer session, which I haven't got a clip of because it was too short to really make a clip of it, is that they talked about the fact that what you get with that is only going to be like a side mission. It's not going to be something which is integral to the actual plot of the main game. It's just going to be a side quest like you got with the Da Vinci DLC for Assassin's Creed 2. Speaking of Assassin's Creed 2 as well, if you played that, you'll remember there was a bit where you were able to rebuild the city of Rome. And they're taking that and kind of evolving it into a new mode that they're, or a new, a new feature called the Homestead. And this final clip from the Assassin's Creed 3 session talks about what that is about. We kept a lot of secrets during development. Like we've never shown any element of any of the targets you will actually kill in the game, so which is cool. Uh, we've never shown anything from the start of the game. Uh, we haven't given anything away for Desmond, so there's lots and lots of secrets. But one thing we did hold back and just announced was the homestead. So at a certain point in the narrative, you will eventually, you know, become, you know, a resident of a particular homestead. And and we wanted this idea of sort of a, a, a village growing up around you. So as you meet other people in the world, there's a whole set of missions we call homestead missions. Surprisingly. And and uh, 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 if you help those people out, they will build little businesses around you. So you're not rebuilding Rome. You're not you're not the owner of a city, and you're not their landlord. But by helping people, you can give them sort of a, a kickstart, and they will open businesses. And then those businesses, you can buy goods from them and sell them in Boston, or sell them in New York, um, or even give them to other people who are woodworkers, turn them into chairs, and then sell the chairs. Obviously, better to sell chairs than just lumber in New York or Boston at shops you've met. So I'm I'm really excited about that system because at the end, if you do it right, you have this bustling little community of everybody who knows your name, which is very different to being alone in the wilderness or a face in the crowd in the cities, and I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's really cool. So a kind of RPG-style element being brought in of taking materials, making them into better things so you can get more money for them, and then buy more tomahawks, or improve your tomahawks, and kill more British Sean just wants me to hear that, probably. I don't know. But there you go. That's Assassin's Creed 3 now. Also out, then, is WWE 13, which I think we've covered about probably enough, especially as on this Tuesday's WNL, JJ will be talking with Brian Williams, one of the developers from THQ, regarding it. So we'll go and focus actually on because I know not everybody that possibly listens to the show is a wrestling fan. I'm going to cover one of the other big, I guess, one of the big areas of gaming that gets a lot of interest, which is the racing genre. And most notably, Need for Speed, Need for Speed Most Wanted. The new game from Criterion. They did Burnout and did the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which was a pretty damn good game for racing genre anyway a couple of years back this time they're focusing on another remake but of this time of the most wanted hence the name but this clip that I've got here is two clips mingled into one because they kind of complement each other the first part will talk about how the game is 
pretty much accessible from the word go when you press start, pretty much. And then the second part looks at they've got a new feature where it's not you don't just have the you don't just have it on the console. You'll be able to possibly have it on your mobile or through the PlayStation connection. Vita and PS3 will work together, so you can continue your gaming experience 24/7. So. Here's some stuff regarding Neva Speed Most Wanted. The word open world in and of itself means a lot to us. Um, but in many open world games, um, the game itself, the world might well be open, but the game itself isn't open. Uh, so we started with a question of why can't I drive every car in the game whenever I want? And the only true answer to that question is because 20 years of gaming convention says that you can't. Right? So we wanted to change that convention. We wanted to throw that one out of the window and start, start again. An open world game demands an open game structure. So right from the very start of the game, pretty much all of our cars are available in the world for you to discover. Now we have a saying, if you can find it, you can drive it. And that's a massive change. It's one that rewards the exploration and discovery of these games and it's one that in this generation that we live in which you know is kind of the right now generation uh, it means that you can get your hands on the car that you dreamed of if you can find it and that's a massive difference for our gameplay experience as well as gamers because apart from the very start of the game once we finish with the introduction to the game pretty much all of you will have a unique experience after that fa after that point it's a really really powerful premise for us We've recently talked about a new feature uh, for Autolog. It's something that we call Cloud Compete. Um, and that's uh, because we're now we're launching this game on, uh, on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 and PC and Vita. Um, there's also an iOS uh, and Android counterpart on its way. All of those machines are also, uh, you can earn SP on all of those machines. And Cloud Compete aggregates that score together. So for, really for the first time I can be leveling up in multiplayer when uh, you know, I'm away from the uh, the sofa playing the uh, Android game, um, or I could be moving up uh, the most wanted list when I'm you know, traveling to work. So we're really beginning to bring those connected experiences together in a way that is sensible and makes sense for them, but it's absolutely uh, connected in the way in which we think um, players are demanding these days. And then just in case you're trying to get your hopes up and that you can have a 360 and a PS3 and they'll connect, that isn't the way it's going to work. I'm guessing it's mainly going to be all services and mobile, and then, as I, as I mentioned, probably Vita and PS3 will work in sync together because it's all Sony. So, yeah, it's got an interesting premise as well, the fact that every single, or nearly every single car is accessible as soon as you find it. And the bit that they showed of it was pretty interesting you just pull up to the car press the button to switch cars graphic comes up to kind of hide the fact that your character gets out of the car and in the other car because i think after how well need speed the run did last year they've realized nobody's interested in quick time events or at least in racing games anyway but yes that's considering what other games we've got like forza and Formula One stuff, which okay, Forza Horizon isn't fully simulation, but it's got elements of simulation because there isn't a huge amount of 
damage that you can, you can do damage, but not probably to the extent that is in something like Neva Speed, although that's limited as well. You, it's a shame you don't get any games now where you can just literally smash up the cars that are licensed. In, because I don't think that's never happened in Gran, Gran Turismo anyway, because they'd probably lose a whole load of money, Sony, J- Sony Japan, or no, Polyphony Japan. But, yeah, so that's two other choices if you aren't into WWE 13, but if you're not into WWE 13, you're missing out, in my opinion, as well. So, if not, just wait until Black Friday, and they're in the three for two, and you get all three for the price of two. Genius. Because <laughs> I know they'll do those offers over in the States with regards to the Black Friday weekend sales and everything. I might even be able to get them myself if I manage to win competitions to get me the consoles. Fingers crossed. Unlikely. Now, our next big game that's coming out probably after that is the following Tuesday worldwide sees Halo 4. And this clip we've got here is with regards to the well the story and the co-op and speaking is Frank Connor the I think the lead designer from 343 which had a big thing well big shoes to fill really taking over from Bungie with regards to the first three games they did pretty well with the Halo anniversary update so yeah this as I say now it's kind of hints on the story and then also the possibility of co-op in story mode as well as in, well, mainly story mode he talks about in the second part, but here's Frank talking Halo 4. I'll give you a little, a little sneak preview of it. You, saw the, you definitely saw the Covenant fighting the Prometheans there, and the Prometheans were basically uh, objecting to their presence on Requiem, which is the world that this story takes place on. Um, if you think about human society and human civilization, um, we're hardly uh, monolithic. Uh, there's lots of different cultures. There's lots of different factions. You're going to find out about this particular faction, and, uh, and they are a particularly virulent form of the former covenant with some really, uh, uh, really enthusiastic, shall we say, religious beliefs about the forerunners. Uh, and they never gave up hope. And uh, you can only imagine their, their delight and surprise when they find out that at least some of their myths and some of their legends about the foreigners turn out to be true. And that's something they discover on Requiem uh, initially uh, in a surprising uh, way. But uh, the, game will, the game will have a few twists and turns and you'll definitely find out more about that, both in the campaign and in Spartan Ops. That's actually a big part of the Spartan Ops story. I can confirm we have four-player co-op campaign, and uh, of course Spartan Ops supports up to four players, and I would add also supports matchmaking, uh, so that if you're behind in the series, as it were, you can find people to play through it with you, and that's, that's pretty much the ideal experience, because then you can play on higher difficulty levels. Um, and the first part of your question was, uh, who are you going to be? That's it. Uh, so. When we, did, uh, when we did Halo 3, you had uh, the Master Chief and the three elites, and they had kind of a backstory, but it didn't, you know, it didn't have any severe impact on the game, uh, other than the Arbiters, obviously. And the, uh, 
the, the decision was made very, very early that that, is, that creates too many problems for a story that's supposed to be about the Master Chief this time. Uh, so the reality is that everyone is the Master Chief, and so your big brother doesn't win that argument every time. And uh, the, one of the funny things that happens in the game is you see the cryo chamber uh, with all the cryopods, and of course your big brother gets to start in the center one and talk to Cortana, and the other three guys have to stand in theirs at the side watching from the, the cheap seats, as it were. So there you go. Everybody's Master Chief, officially, which is going to make it very complicated in multiplayer, probably. I don't know, but yeah, that the way that's building as well, it looks to be a very interesting direction in which the new trilogy is going, given that we've already pretty much confirmed that there's going to be a Halo 5 and a Halo 6. Although if Halo 4 or 5 completely flopped, I doubt there'd be sequels. But then you never know, because then they'll just try and reboot it again, and then get to Halo 27. But, anyway. Yeah, that's November's big game. And then December's, which actually technically is November for the UK, because, I hate to say it, America, but we get Far Cry 3 first, for some reason. We get it on the Friday, and then you get it, I believe, the following Tuesday, which I think is December the 3rd. Or something around that date. But, yeah, this is arguably the most anticipated game of last year. Because it's been endlessly delayed. But, by the looks of it, the delay is worth it. Because we've got a whole four-player co-op story mode alongside the single-player story mode. The multiplayer seems to look very interesting. And the whole world of Far Cry itself, the Rook Islands, seem pretty interactive, probably on a level with GTA kind of thing, except, obviously, there aren't any cars and there's no Ricky Gervais appearing on TV. It's just pirates and... Rebels going at war. And this little clip that I've got here basically is talking about the whole randomness of it because the way that they've programmed all the different enemy and friendly AI means that you really are... Even the developers have said that nothing other than certain events which will be kind of scripted in and you'll be drawn to... Everything else is going to be completely spontaneous. So here's a little clip talking about the spontaneity with regards to Far Cry 3. When we first started populating the world, um, we had, you know, pirates and uh, rebels, and then we put animals in the world, and they didn't have any systems in place to kind of make them interact, and they were kind of all like ships in the night. They all just kind of like went past each other and nothing really happened. And then we started putting all these different interactions in between them. We started off with combat in between the different NPC classes, that's kind of cool. They all start shooting each other when they run into each other. And then we put the, uh, the same kind of combat behavior onto the animals as well. And then that was the moment when things really started to get interesting. That was kind of like our eureka moment. Um, I remember the first time it happened, I was flying around in the map using one of the debug tools to have like a flying camera just looking around, and I saw um, three pirates and three rebels kind of shooting at each other, and then just up the way, another group of rebels spawned in, and they heard the combat, so they all ran down, and they started shooting at it as well. And then they killed all the pirates, and they're all heading back to where they were before, and then a leopard just jumped out of the bush and completely nailed one of them. And it was at that point 
it was just like, ah, yes, this is it. This is, this is what the game is going to be because none of that stuff is scripted. That's all just using the behaviors that are just built into the animal AI and into the human, into the human AI. And that's the great thing about the game is that that, that kind of randomness means that we're never quite sure about what's going to happen in the game. And we constantly see when people are playing it just these incredible situations that come out of nowhere that we're not expecting. And that feeling of life and that feeling of emergence is the thing that really makes this game feel, I think, different to everybody else. So if you're going hunting for deer and all of a sudden a tiger leaps on it, then nobody saw it coming, especially you, because you're probably dead. But I noticed Shifty in the chat saying no cars this time. There are cars. There is transport. Don't worry. But it's obviously the open worldness of an island is completely different to the open world variety of a city. Because a lot of it is obviously barren grassland. Like like Mother Nature. Why I did that in a northern accent? I don't have a clue. My wife, you have my permission to shoot me. But yeah, the, there's boats. There's of there's cars. I don't think there's there's kind of quad bikes. I think as well, or something like that. But there is transport, and of course there is the ability to get uh timer grenades and blow those things up if they come towards you and try and kill you so a whole big approach there and what looks to be very good especially with the whole craziness of the lead character or the lead antagonist should i say vas he probably is a contender for best villain of the year i will say but that's november end of november early december depending where you are in the world and then the final one, which is my more general one, because of the game that they were talking about initially for it, doesn't come out until this time next year, is Lorne Lanning, the creator of Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, uh, The Odd World, Munch's Odyssey, and Stranger's Wrath, I think it was called. The fourth kind of spin-off one. And they were talking mainly about the the new game, uh, new and tasty, I think it's called, that they're coming out, which is taking the old games and kind of taking it, kind of how Bionic Commando went with its recreation for the new consoles. So rather than being a 2D thing, it's going to be 3D levels, and the AI has been improved. If you want to know more about it, check it out. The Eurogamer Abe's Odyssey HD stream. There's, there's, there's a nice little bit of gameplay as well, which considering you're not getting it for another 12 months is pretty cool and look very impressive. It's one game which I can't wait to download. But... Speaking of all that, that combines the two clips that I've got. This first one is an interesting little insight from Lorne as to the business of gaming and whole, the whole profit and loss stuff. Because for those people that only just play games and not care about the industry side of things, the comments that he makes here are pretty interesting and, well, I'll let him speak for himself. When we distributed a box product, or when you buy a box product, 
there are costs. There's the manufacturing costs and the licensing fees to every DVD, right? So we're paying maybe $7 per DVD to be pressed. That's a risk, millions of dollars in cost. Then we're ultimately, you, the gamer, is absorbing the cost, paying for the fuel of the trucks to cross across the country, the fuel in the ships, in the planes, at the retail, the air conditioning for the store, the shelf space, the salespeople, the marketing, all of those costs are enormous. And not one of those costs actually goes into a better experience for you, the end user. It's just enabling it to get in your hand. And what we saw was that, wow, what happens when those costs go away? What might happen? What might we be able to do for the user and for the customer? And here's a great example. When we sold Abe's Odyssey, uh, we had a 20% royalty. And out of that, we would need to earn back the four-ish million dollars that it cost to build it in the first place. And uh, if it were still $59.99 on the shelf by the time it hit the market, or by the time we paid it back, at $60 for you, we the developer, the band making the music, would get $7 per unit. Right? On the digitally distributed landscape, with the same product at $9.99, how much comes back to us the developer? $7 a unit. So you can be paying $60 a unit or $10 a unit, but the money is going right to the developer to make more games. And really today, the games that you're seeing, you are funding. Yeah, so stuff like Trow's Evolution, like Fez, like Journey, has benefited from the fact that all the other digital games that have come from them have direct pretty much directly funded what you are probably playing if you've played those games that have come out this year and probably same for walking dead as well the, because the first one came out i think the, the first episode of the walking dead came out i'm trying to think it was about five months ago so probably some of the money from that has been able to go into the development of some of the later episodes because I can say most of the reviews for episode four have been, this is one of the best games of the year. And the fact is, it's only a mini kind of part of the game. Because it's only part four of five minisodes, which, by the sounds of it, as soon as the full version gets released and on disc and available to everyone rather than playing it episodic, just on the fourth episode alone is worth the money, apparently. So, just an interesting, in, interesting comments there regarding that because I was amazed the fact that it's obviously what seven into sixty, about ten percent of the revenue actually goes to them. But then the ten dollar game, it's about eighty percent. So, yeah. That's probably why most of the downloadable games this year have probably been the better games. Because you've had other games before it go with the funding. But the next thing, that, the, the final clip that I've got here with it is talking about the success of Retro, which I think he, I think he mentions just before this the fact that he thought Retro was going to die off. And he's pleased to be wrong because it's through things like, well, he'll mention a couple of them, through the retro 
uh, the retro additions that have been made to gaming that's actually meant a resurgence in games such as, let's say, Doom, let's say, Oddworld, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head as well, something like even Fallout. Not, not, well, that Fallout for PC stuff, but that's what's made it available so new versions can be clamoured for due to the interest in the old ones being re-released. So here's Lorne again. It used to be that if a game had its life on a certain console and that console passed and we were into new console, the console makers didn't want those old games on their new systems because they weren't selling the chips. You know, all these reasonable reasons and they have billions of dollars to recoup and, and that's all fair. Uh, so it wasn't like music, you know? Music is something where if you love soul, no matter what new contraption playing music today, MP4 player, DVD player, CD player, whatever, you can f still find those songs that you love because it's not about the technology delivery system, it's about the content, right? And games weren't really going that way. So I used to say, and I said to an agent once, he said, Orm, but we should do this with Abe. And I said, don't you realize no one's ever going to be playing them in 10 years. We're in a disposable industry. And he goes, God, that's the most depressing thing you've ever told me. And I was like, well, I, I believe it's true. And I'm really grateful that I was wrong. And uh, things that blew my mind was, you know, Steam really opened it up, right? And I think Gabe Newell and the people at Valve are some of the smartest people in the industry. And since Oddworld, as a studio in the Central Coast of California, I've spent a lot of time going up and trying to pick the brains of smarter people. And Gabe, in particular, has always stood out to me as being brilliant. And, uh, and as we were looking at that, the, the other big thing that happened was Sony started pushing, started emulating PSX on PS3 and PSN. And that was like really actually revolutionary because that wasn't in the mindset before. And with that came this revitalization. And we were also really fortunate in that a lot of people that succeeded and grew in Sony were actually people that were involved in the initial marketing of Abe, whether it was at GT or at uh, Sony itself. And so there was a certain nostalgia. And it was always my idea that if we made things that had more heart, had more intent, had less market committee shaping and more just like what do these people want to tell what do they want to deliver to the audience what do they care about if we could make products that were like that hopefully we could find an audience and today we can find that audience and we don't have to sell 1.5 million units or we're dead we can sell 50,000 units and keep people employed and really actually build a self-sustainable micro publishing developer model so there you go the, f the future is getting more and more into downloadable games than retail stuff, especially if you consider the fact that Nintendo with their 3DS games that are starting to come out now, like Super Mario, uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2 that recently came out, and Mario Kart 7 and Super Mario 3D Land, I think are all now available as downloadable games for slightly more money, annoyingly. So that's where it isn't probably similar to the other stuff. But they are available as downloads rather than physical because of ease of access. So some insights there. Hopefully next time we'll be able to talk more about some of the big games coming next year. We've got Tomb Raider, uh, 
I think another racing one to probably talk about grid if there's anything in there as well as Splinter Cell and the one I want to save till last which is the Peter Molyneux talk because I just want to him I just want to sh- play the line with him saying that all mobile games are shit because I kind of agree <laughs> so yes with that that will round up for the first part of tonight's show when we come back gaming news galore so much so it may have to kind of tip into the third segment i'm hoping not i'm hoping i can get it through in enough time as well as sean being on the show via the power of pre-record to tell you about the game that he's been playing this week so we'll see you in a few minutes guys Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Wrestling Radio Tips on how to host your very own wrestling radio show. Wrestling Radio Tip 101, take listener phone calls. Here's how it works. You set up a phone line, and when a listener calls in, you answer just like this. All right, let's let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Okay. <laughs> I I don't really follow Hulk Hogan because I, I just kind of find him up to be a, a washed up douchebag. Skeet, 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 skeet. It's it, it's been booming in the warehouse with with Sincata just starting in WWE. The t-shirts and the masks have been up in the sky. Of, you know, so your tennis shoes are in the side. I throw a hoodie to hold up on them. All you have to wait for the shoelaces to come in in the bottom sole. What? 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 Okay. Well, what you gonna do, brother? Well, I just take off my shirt. Yeah. Say my prayers. Eat my vitamins. Yeah. Say no to the holy God. And I'm gonna go after you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. What you gonna do when the two-inch pythons run wild on you? <laughs> Bye, little. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories 
from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. WrestlingOnline.com, the official news source of Wrestling News Live. You're looking for the latest news in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. Log on to www.wrestling-online.com and sign up for the largest and longest-running newsletter on the Internet today with over 26,000 subscribers and over 3,000 issues. And the best part, just like WNL, it's free! Once again, that's www.wrestlingonline.com. And now back to the open book on the SNS Radio Network. second part of the open book with yeah Ashley on his own okay so I don't think I introduced myself in the first segment but if you didn't know who I was then I don't know if that's a positive or a negative but anyway we're jumping into gaming and the reason why we heard that back in black from ACDC is because it featured in the launch trailer that got released this week with regards to Black Ops. Now, we've got quite a bit of Black Ops news to cover. First of all, it's broken the record at GameStop for pre-orders, which probably means it's going to be the biggest game of the year, which isn't a surprise. One that's slightly surprising, the Black Ops declassified the PSP, the PS Vita exclusive for... The, the Call of Duty franchise will actually be coming out the same day as Black Ops 2. So if you have a Vita, you are going to be getting it same day. And I think it obviously isn't the same for the Wii U edition, but the Wii U edition I think will be coming out with the console on launch. So it's pretty much going to be... We use big draw for hardcore gamers. I say that, but I'll get to that in a minute because that's another story. The big news for this week from Black Ops is that Call of Duty Elite is finally going fully free. No $60 subscription Elite Plus to give you all the access and all the skills. You're going to get them from the get-go when you get the game. The way the money is going to be taken this time is just solely through map packs, the, the or the season pass. Four four packs of maps and add-ons and everything coming 
gradually over the next year or well over the next year building ahead of whatever the new Call of Duty game is next year because it's probably going to come it's either going to be Modern Warfare 4 or let's think different Activision something completely different to do with Call of Duty go historical again rather than black because that's weird Black Ops is just futuristic whereas Modern Warfare 3 was kind of futuristic because some of the stuff they have in there I don't I don't know whether you can have remote control RC cars for real in battle places although probably spawn killing doesn't happen in real life just saying that kind of stuff now with regards to the Wii U the Elite won't be on the Wii U but oh, it won't be on Wii U at first. They're thinking of possibly adding it in the future. But another issue has cropped up with the Wii U. And it's not the kids stuff. Wait a second. We'll get to this. The voice chat. They are going to have voice chat for certain Wii U games. Such as Assassin's Creed 3, Mass Effect 3, and Black Ops 2. Except there won't be any first party support for the for headsets or anything you're going to have to get third party ones plus the fact that the microphone which is in the Wii U can't be used for voice chat so that doesn't make sense to be quite honest but then it makes even more even less sense shall I say when we get to the pro controller because quite a lot of people are going to want to play with a pro controller because it's like a 360 controller in shape, in feel, everything. So, come to the game's dismay, it com- sorry, it comes to the game's dismay that the Pro Controller doesn't have any audio connections. So you're going to have to have the Wii U gamepad by you, so you can plug in your Turtle Beach or Triton headset into the gamepad, even though you're playing with the Pro Controller, in order to talk with your friends. So this whole aspect of bringing hardcore gaming to the Wii U suddenly suffers a bit when the stuff that you want, like social connectivity, is going to involve more wires than an iPod. And that's a lot of wires. And then the other, the other story of the Wii U that's come up the last couple of days is... Apparently, Foxcom, the company in China that makes Wii U's and the iPhones, has apparently been hiring child labor. Kids as kids about 14 years old, apparently, in order to put some of the stuff together. Which Nintendo isn't happy with, because then that violates their, I guess, their guarantees and everything, and their ethical... Bit, but it's an in, it's been an interesting week for Nintendo with all that going on. Continuing the whole kind of negative stuff, let's go to the law courts. Black IPs are being sued. <laughs> That's a, that isn't negative. That's actually genius. What it is, it's regarding to that Black Eyed Peas Experience game that came out uh, last year for consoles. Uh, 
Ubisoft were and apparently still are developing the game for iPhone and iPad, or basically iOS devices. Except, due to the fact that the band has broken up and is doing solo projects, they're basically on hiatus, they can't get the say-so from the band in order to release the thing. Apparently, they've spent about $200,000, two to $300,000, actually on getting the game together and getting all the marketing ready for when it was to be released. So they're basically suing them for wasting their time. So in, in normal situations, I do, the, sometimes the legal situations, I don't really care and I hope that they lose. But in this one, I so want them to win. Because, you know, Black Eyed Peas, let's, let's just... Let, yeah, let's get let's actually get it started. Let's get you in court. Another situation that came up this week is the issue with Turbine. Turbine, the developers of the Dungeons and Dragons Online and Lord of the Rings Online game, are apparently being sued by a company called Treehouse for violating a patent with regards to, it's it's called the 858 patent, but it's apparently, the, the topic of it is, the method and system for presenting data over a network based on network user choices and collecting real-time data related to those said choices. The only confusing thing is, on paper, the game came out in 06 Dungeons and Dragons, the Lord of the Rings one came out in 07. The patent was awarded in May 2012. So, on paper, it doesn't seem to make sense. Obviously, as was as I was discussing during the break with the, my brass eye, the producer, it could be patent pending. So, with that situation, they could still have some rights to it, but the fact is, quite a lot of these are just boasting and saying, we, we want to make a stand and really just get settled out of court for something which isn't as big as what they claim to be suing for and everything. Kind of similar to the possibly what could happen with the Hulk Hogan situation in wrestling. If if somehow I can make a comparison between those two. It's probably not the best comparison. And another one that's been boiling for a few months but seems to actually be possibly going to court over the next few weeks is EA Sports are being sued over their exclusivity issues with the NFL license and also the NCAA games basically I think it was a deal in 05 that means EA are the only people that can do American uh, well can only do NFL and NCAA games. You can't have any other franchises like 2K or trying to think of other people that have developed well Midway was 2K but let's say the 2K games you can't have them at the minute. And the case points to every single person that has bought a Madden game new that has come out between I think January the 1st 2005 so technically we're talking Madden to NFL 2004 here, right up to, I think it's the 25th of June 2012. 
and what they're not trying to get obviously people's money back for the whole issue of the exclusivity but i think what they're trying to do is have ea relinquish the exclusivity deal and have more games basically from more developers so we haven't just got to do okay this is madden this is ncaa we'll just play this even though some other people could do a much better job so the 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 idea that they're trying to push i am i'm approving of because i don't like to see one game kind of straddle the market and have com- complete monopoly which is why i thought it was refreshing battlefield 3 last year when it came out it really was a first proper challenger to the call of duty franchise whether the new medal of honor is i guess we'll have to wait and see when that comes out later this month but yeah competition is always a good thing because it means you get much you you get basically because they're trying to compete with each other you get a lot more features and stuff that yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trailing off into nothingness here, so I shall probably stop. But next story we would cover is the fact that Scribblenauts Unlimited is coming out, I think, for Wii U and 3DS. And they announced this week that super special characters are going to be coming. And it turns out that the Mario and Zelda franchises will be in the game. So whether you'll be actually be able to create Coopers or the flower power kind of thing or the mushroom and then upgrade yourself that way, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, the Mario and the Mario and Zelda franchise, it's nice to have it in there because Scribblenauts has been pretty big for them, I'll certainly say. News as well this week regarding... James Bond, the 007 Legends game, came out this past week. And Skyfall, the upcoming film, will be, have, will be coming to the game as DLC. And it was revealed this week that it will be coming first to PlayStation 3 on the film's US release on November the 9th. But will also be coming to the 360 on November the 20th. So, yeah... Activision giving PS3 people an exclusive. It's a rarity, given the whole level of craziness that they have with Call of Duty. But from what the reviews have said, though, it's not a brilliant game, but if you want to try it, probably get it on a rental scheme or whatever, and try it out for yourself, because... There's probably better shooters coming out. And although the, the Bond franchise is big, it will make some money, but I don't think it's... As ever, it's a James Bond game which isn't that good. Because you haven't seen a good one for at least at least five years. Arguably, nothing's been better than the original Goldeneye. But look at that what you will. We got some more sad news actually this week. Lightbox Interactive, the guys that did Starhawk for PS3, 
have had to let go of half of their staff, basically due to Sony pulling the plug on some of their funding. Which, Starhawk was a, a really good game. And the fact that basically Sony just let them go, I really doesn't make sense, to be quite honest. But they're, apparently they're going to be working now on iPhone, iPad-style games instead. So hopefully they can take the... Because Starhawk was very good, and hopefully they can carry that on into their future projects. And speaking of future projects, one place where you can get projects started up is Xbox Live's Indie Marketplace. Except there is an issue with that at the minute. What it is, is they were... People were obviously putting their games on the indie market and trying to get codes out there for their friends to play if they've developed it themselves or for the press to play or for special individuals kind of thing so basically what they were doing was going to send you could you'd have the ability to send prepaid codes so people can try it out but at the minute people on Xbox Live Indie Games can't do that and has been going on apparently for the past month so I'm trying to think of an example let's say you know let's think Minecraft if Minecraft got released on the indie games thing and they wanted people to review it and give their thoughts on it or well basically if they wanted to give samples out to whoever they wanted to, at the minute they can't. So it can only go on how loud the creator can be on social networks, which really isn't that fair because then all the big companies have too much of an advantage over the little guys that don't get a chance to shine. The official statement from Microsoft on this issue is this, quote, Microsoft is aware of the issue and our engineering teams are working on a solution. What a genius statement that is. Just seriously, if, if this is the rate, you're going to see more and more people possibly going to Sony or to Steam Greenlight because it's probably easier that way to do it rather than anything else. So... Yeah, plea to, plea to Microsoft. Try and get that sorted. Because there are some good games on the indie marketplace. There's other rubbish like No Luca No, but that's decent if you're drunk and basically completely stupid and want to play a, a game for a dollar. Or There's also a game called Homeless. The thing is, you play as a homeless person and you're trying to beg for money. You can tell that only cost a dollar because if it was any more, people would go, I'm not buying that. But, yeah. Now, here's one that Sean definitely wanted me to mention, and that is the special edition that's coming up for Bioshock Infinite, coming out late February time. So, we've got the, well, two editions. The 
Ultimate Edition, which is labelled as the Songbird Edition, and the Premium Edition. The Songbird Edition will have a nine and a half inch Songbird statue, which apparently is designed by the same guy that did the cover for System Shock, designed the Trickster in the Thief games, the Little Sisters and Sander Cohen in the Bioshock games, as well as the Songbird itself, but that's all that's all as part of the Songbird package. You'll also get a three inch baby version keychain of the sold out Murder of Crows Vigor Bottle replica. There's gonna be a five by seven inch lithograph by Jorge Lacera, a twenty five millimeter resin cast handyman miniature, which is from the upcoming Bioshock Infinite board game. Yeah, not just a video game they're doing, they're doing board games as well. This is awesome. We've also got the obligatory art book, full of concept art and commentary with a hand-distressed cover. Who distressed his hand? That's what I want to know. And various digital goodies, so you're going to get exclusive in-game gear, digital soundtrack... And also the platform-specific downloadable content, so avatar costumes for 360 people and themes for PC and PS3. The premium edition will have all those features apart from the Songbird statue. Uh, Cost-wise, the Songbird edition will be $150. So if you don't want the statue, but you do want the other little nice features... The premium edition will be 80 so for an extra 20 bucks, for what you get, it probably, it's the standard kind of pl- game plus edition, as I call it. It's the game which you'd normally get, plus you're getting the access to, because some of the art book stuff is collectible and probably will be worth something if you keep it together as a box and then sell it on eBay in five years. That is, of course, unless the new consoles don't have backward support, in which case you're lumbered, probably. But I'm always looking on the pessimistic side. That's genius. <laughs> We've also had the news this week that apparently IGN, which is probably the biggest gaming site worldwide that there is out there, is being sold off by News Corp. Or News Corp. I don't know what... Is, I don't know if you pronounce the P or not, but all I know is it's Rupert Murdoch and all that. And apparently what it is, is they're trying to move away from entertainment and focus their business just on, I guess, as they deem more serious stuff. Despite the fact that IGN has quite a lot of serious stuff. Okay, it's in the entertainment genre, but it's not like... They're putting up stupid stories. They're putting stories that people want to know about. They want to know about the new features for WWE 13. So when IGN has the exclusive on it, they're going to go there. If they've got news about Avengers 2 and some casting for new characters, people are going to go there. And apparently they're willing to give it up. The even more interesting thing is they bought IGN six or seven years ago for five hundred six hundred million dollars their asking price for it now is a hundred million 
So they're willing to lose half a billion dollars for when they bought it. That's there you go. That's I guess that's all. <laughs> that's all you can really say about that. It's on paper it doesn't make sense, but I guess it will over the course of time. But uh, another story: Doom Free, the BFG edition is coming out. I don't know if it's out now. I think it's out in the next week or so. A bit of advice for those of you with a 360. Don't install it. The reason why I say that, if you install the game, you won't be able to get access on disc to Doom 1 and 2. Mainly because Doom 1 and 2 are exactly the same games which are available on the Xbox Live Marketplace. So if you install it to the hard drive, when you get to the option on the game, you will be able to have... You'll have to... In order to play Doom 1 and 2, if you do install it, you have to go in through the Xbox Live mode and then go to My Games and it'll be on there. Uh, rather than actually play it from the menu. And to be quite honest, you shouldn't install it anyway, because the developers have said, if you install it, you're not going to see much difference in the visuals, like you normally do if you play the game rather than choose to install it and then play it. So... Basically, the recommendation is, if you've got a 360, just play it off the disc. And then if you get Red Ring of Death, that's your fault. It's not mine. couple of stories that came out today as well, as of us going out live. Just Dance 4, due to popular demand, is getting Gangnam Style as the first DLC. Which isn't a surprise. I'm guessing it was... The, the song came out too late for all these dance games to have it uh, as one of the games to be or uh, to be featured in the game. So expect, yeah, expect every single dance game that's coming out. So Dance Central. I don't know whether it's just dance. I don't think there's any other dance games coming. But expect to see all of them. Having Gangnam Style suddenly added as DLC before Christmas. And then everybody will be doing the dance. Apart from... I don't know. Brass I won't be doing the dance, certainly. Uh, final bit of news I think we'll cover here. I don't think there's anything else. I managed, actually managed to get through pretty much everything that I wanted to. I'm surprised. I've managed to, co- I've managed to cover everything together and not as conv- hopefully it isn't convoluted to you guys if you want to talk about any of them when we open the phone lines in the third segment i can go into it further or more in depth if you don't think i did but the final news is actually regarding a game which was supposed to be coming out i think last month but has got delayed which is sega's anarchy reigns which i did manage to see last year at the game fest event that happened in the uk and it looked pretty cool, considering it's Platinum Games, so it's not going to make sense, because it's you know the people that did Bayonetta and the upcoming Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. 
it's basically it's it's like a fighting game mixed in with I guess an RPG, but also the Japanese kind of weird humor that doesn't make sense, so lollipop chainsaw style. And they've announced it's going to be coming, I think, January the 12th for America and January the 15th for the UK. I'm not entirely sure on that, but it's certainly early January, around the same time as the rebooted Devil May Cry series. And... It's going to be only $30 or £20 in the UK. So the game is coming out pretty much as a budget title, even though it's new. Which is an interesting approach to take, and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see if that does well for them, because if it does. Why can't we have more games at that price more often rather than budgets of God knows how much and then games are $60? Oh, no, here's another edition. It's got an art book and also a plasticine figure of Master Chief and you have to pay £59 million more. So, yeah. That's uh, Anarchy Reigns did look good. I haven't seen anything of it since, though. So, other than well, not gameplay-wise, all I've seen is obviously stuff on the internet. But it certainly looked interesting, and I do hope that it is a success for them, even at that price. So, I think that'll be covering all the major news. If there's anything I missed, you know, tell me when we get to the phone-ins, and I'll probably get berated for missing on some huge story, but I think that's everything that needs to be covered. So, with that, it is now time for me to transport back 24 hours ago, roughly, to Sean, who is going to introduce you to what game he played this week. So, Sean, over to you. What is up this week, guys? I may not be on the show this week, but I am going to do something very good. This week, I am recording. What am I playing this week? And this week, well, as of last week also, I'm playing XCOM. I've been switching back and forth between Dishonored and XCOM. And uh, as of this recording, which is the 18th of October, I have finished X- I have finished Dishonored. And I'll just say that, because we're not talking about this w- that this week. I'll... Uh, I'll make a mention of it next week when I'm on the show again. But uh, today I'm talking about XCOM, which I'm working my way slowly through. I'm halfway through the game. And if you have not played XCOM before and you haven't actually checked out the original XCOM, basically XCOM is a turn-based strategy game where an alien invasion has come to Earth and you are commander of what's called the XCOM uh, unit, which is basically the unit which is... Uh, charged with protecting the Earth and taking, getting rid of the aliens uh, off Earth. Pretty much, you're given charge of four different unit types. You've got sniper, heavy, supports, and assault 
Uh, sniper, of course, is a sniper unit. Heavy is the guy who basically holds the LMG or the long machine gun. Uh, the support is basically your assaults or your assault rifle person, and then assault is your uh, your shotgunner, pretty much. Uh, but the cool thing about it is you can upgrade the weapons later on as you research them. You can actually get laser rifles. You can get scatter guns, which is actually a laser shotgun. Uh, one of my favorite weapons, which is the uh, the sniper rifle laser or laser sniper rifle. And one of the cooler things that a lot of people seen from the trailers is jetpack snipers. And that is one of the core aspects of the entire thing. But my favorite aspect so far has been the cover system based on how it is proportionate to the levels you're in and stuff like that. And you can actually have a grappling hook on your sniper, which can then grapple up to a, a higher area so you can snipe from that point. It really helps out a lot when you're actually trying to take out two different units or one different unit and you need eyes on that unit basically so that your other sniper in the area can see him because there's upgrades to your classes that allow you to actually do different things. One of the cool sniper ones is actually the ability to target off of the sight of another of another unit. Basically, you can have a sniper that's sitting on top of the building and he can see a large presence down the field. Your sniper who is back a little ways who cannot see that is now able to target that presence who is possibly... 40, 50 squares away and would normally not be able to attack it. So it helps out that you're able to upgrade and all of this stuff. And I believe... With these... Um, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> no, go ahead. What's up? With these upgrades, do you get them by like leveling up experience or is it funding that you get? No, actually, you actually get it through the leveling up. You, you get ranks and there's different ranks. that You start out as a rookie... You get squatty sergeants. Um, no, it's actually corporal sergeants, lieutenant, captain, major, colonel, and then general is through the ranks. And squatty, you get your first. Uh, you get your first, basically perk as I'll, as I'll call them. Uh, and it depends on which one you get. One one choice for that one is basically you just get the one. And then as you go through up until I think three down. The third, the fourth rank, you get uh, just one more, and but the other, but in between those, you actually get the choice between two, two different ones, and that helps out a lot. Uh, like the support one, the support you have the choice. Uh, one of the choices is to either carry three smoke grenades, or to actually use the med pack three times on someone. So it helps out a lot to actually know what you're going, and you've got to balance it because you may have this one unit for the entire time. And if he's not killed off, then that's great for you, but you don't know if you're going to lose this unit later on. So you want to balance it, balance your unit so that you don't that you give it the ability basically to give it longevity. Because if you make it a short short gameplay unit, then you've pretty much just screwed yourself over. And one of the tips they actually give you in the game is basically to say base your your strategy on long term over short term gameplay. Because you don't want to go through and get all this stuff in the beginning and then be out of money in the 30 days that it takes to get to the council meeting, which is then going to give you more money, but it depends on how much they're going to give you. I mean, it's one of those things where you're looking at it and you're just like, am I going to run out of money? If I run out of money, I can't buy this new armor that I just researched, and I can't buy this heavy weapons platform 
that I want to pick up. So it's the fact you got to look at long term compared to short term, and it helps out a little bit more. I actually played a mission today. It was this. It was uh, a little bit of spoiler. Sorry. Uh, it's assaulting the alien uh, alien base, which is actually located on Earth. And I had five units that I went went in with. Four of those units were hardcore units that I've had almost my entire game. One unit happened to be a uh, the second rank in. I lost three units, and I was very ticked off because of the fact that I was made stupid decisions throughout the entire entire part. I lost all three snipers that I had on my team. I uh, I was not happy about that. I actually let me take it back. I lost two snipers and I lost an assault. I was not happy about that because my two snipers were two of my highest rankers in the entire game because I love using the, my snipers to actually take out long long range targets. So it's just one of those things where you've got to rethink all of your strategies and you think you've got great strategies. This is the game to test them out in. You're going to basically figure out that your strategy stuck compared to what you're going to go against. And one of the cooler things is this year they've, they've really upgraded the graphics of the game and they've got the original missions that were basically in the original game from the, from the early 90s. You've got terror missions, which is basically uh, aliens invading where there's a heavy civilian population. You have to save the civilians. There is uh, abduction missions, which is basically just them going to three different cities, and you have to choose which city you want to go to based on the uh, reward that they'll give out. And that's one of the other things you got to think of. The rewards they'll give you is they'll either give you a new, a new unit, uh, basically an assault unit, a sniper, whatever they want, and it's usually a good rank. It's a high ranking, or they'll give you four engineers, four science, or four scientists, or money. You got to figure out: Do I need the money right now? Do I need the scientists right now? Do I need this unit right now? So you got to figure out, and you also have to compare that towards the terror that is going on because. All, all the countries are basically under a level of terror, and if they go too high in the terror, they will actually uh, leave the council, and you will lose that money. So it helps to figure out your strategy completely. You, need, you go in with one strategy, and you will rethink a, a new strategy as you play the game. Um, if you have not ever played XCOM, this is a great time to jump into it. I'm playing on the PC. I absolutely love it. I don't think I would ever play an XCOM game on anything other than PC because of the fact it is a strategy game that was created for the PC originally. So it's just one of those that I uh, I absolutely love. And if you want a good strategy game, I know I kind of re made Mindwipe rethink it a little bit, and I'm glad that he gave it another try because it's absolutely one of those games where if you thought one thing going into it, you're gonna re you need to rethink that and give it a try. So any questions you got, Ashley? Before we uh. Do you f do you think <laughs> that the fact that it's going to trans giving it transfers probably I know you haven't played the console edition but d would it transfer well you think to con console style controls? Well, the the funny thing you actually bring up about that or the funny funny thing you, I thought about is most of the interviews that they did for the game. Uh, the guys doing an interview and playing the game were actually using a controller to play the game. Um, I know that IGN did a two-hour sit-down 
with Firaxis and the guys, and they basically sat there and they played the game using a Xbox 360 controller on the PC. So, from what I've been told, it transfers over great. The uh, using the menus and stuff like that works out really good. It helps out a lot. I mean, it's uh, it transfers over really well, just like Halo Wars did uh, when it came out for the 360 a couple years ago. Okay. And also, there was a story possibly saying that there is going to be DLC coming due to an achievement list on Steam. So, would you like to see DLC for it? Would you want to pick it up? Oh, I'm definitely going to pick it up due to the fact that Firaxis, no matter what, uh, gets as has my money. They're going to get my money the way because of the fact of what they've done for Civilization alone, what they've done for all these other games that have come out. Uh, I'll get it no matter what it is. I will probably, I'm hoping for new classes. I'm hoping for uh, bigger maps. I'm hoping for an expansion. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. It's just like what I was talking to with a buddy of mine about Dishonored. This, uh, I know I'm going back to Dishonored and I shouldn't be, but Dishonored has this very large locale, uh, different, different islands and stuff like that. They've got to create DLC. They've got to create islands. They've got to get out there and show us those islands so we can go to these islands and say, hey, I, I need this stuff. I want to go back to my, my country, and I want to take this stuff with me. So, I mean, it's one of those things. DLC helps expand the game, helps give the game longevity, helps give the game. Because if you go out and play a game like XCOM, you're going to play it multiple times no matter what. But if you play it and you have DLC to help at, to play along with it, it's going to make it a lot longer. So it helps out, and I, I really hope for some DLC for this game. It's making me wish that... I know that they did an interview um, that I read up recently that was saying that DLC is going to be announced very shortly, uh, possibly within the next month and a half, two months. So possibly by December we'll have the first announcement of DLC. Sweet. So, is that all the questions you got for me? Yes. Okay. Well, with that, I thank you guys for listening to my little short segment here. I will definitely be back next week on the SNS Radio Network for the Open Book. And uh, I'm going to throw you guys to break. You guys enjoy. This is actually a really cool song. It's actually from the ending credits of Dishonored. Check it out. We'll catch you, I'll, I'll catch you next week. You'll catch Ashley here in a few minutes. Peace. For all of the big and the small Where the taller they stand Where the harder they fall We live for today But we die for the next With blood in our veins In the air and our chest Or we step into war With our hearts on the line The dirt on our boots is shakes free over time Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? 
And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Are you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fakis. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Does listening to Wrestling News Live make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan? Would the Trey Dog drink Velvet Sky's bathwater? <sighs> well, hello there, Velvet. some good bath water, baby. Listening to Wrestling News Live does make you a smarter, more knowledgeable wrestling fan, although it will not save you any money on your car insurance. And now back to the open book on the SNS Radio Network. Final part of the open book with Ashley here. Going solo, hopefully doing a decent job. Nothing atrocious. Hopefully you've been enjoying it, whether you're here live or on the archive. 
the music, I can't tell you what it is off the top of my head because Sean never told me when he added that music in. I think it's something to do... It's it's something certainly Halloween-related because we're trying to go into kind of spookiness and all. It is, I have been told from my producer, it is from Child's Play. So, there you go. It's... Yeah, there's a nice little bit of music and it's probably one of the franchises which hasn't seen a great lot of stuff because some of the Chucky stuff hasn't been very good. It's not as good as the original, which is quite often what happens with Halloween films. Paranormal activity. But then then again, with Paranormal Activity, it's because the original film had a budget of $15,000, and then every film after it has had about $3 million for some reason. Yet the weird thing is, the film looks completely the same to going on with everything, seemingly. You know, give, it was a success. Give it a bigger budget. How big? Uh, well, multiply it by 100. No, that's just stupid. But anyway, on to more entertainment-related news. And something which is just as horrific is the rumour apparently going around that Twilight is going to get a spin-off going under the working title, apparently, of Wolfpack. So basically, it's Twilight Sons of Anarchy. I am immediately saying cancel this show already, even if it's in pre-production. That's all I'm saying. One thing that I don't think needs to be cancelled, though, is apparently there is going to be an upcoming Justice League movie and Warner Brothers now with the stuff that has been managed. It looks like 2015 is going to be when it's going to be coming out. Which is interesting because that's when Avengers 2 is coming out. So it's going to be it's going to be a packed year. It depends, of course, when they release it. I'm guessing because they don't want to go head-to-head, it'll probably be late summer kind of style planning to try and put it in that area. Because also in November that year, announced this week, Ant-Man is coming, which is Edgar Wright's version of the of the comic but apparently it is going to be an origin story so it's going to be as if it was back in the 50s so you're not going to be for those of you thinking that you wanted to see Ant-Man back in the like as, as part of the Avengers it's extremely unlikely that that's going to happen unless they really bring it forward and or put it in with uh, Avengers 3, because I'm pretty sure that's going to be happening as well, because Avengers 2 will probably be a success. So a lot of interesting stuff regarding the comic book news over the past week. One bit of stories that's I, I noticed Shifty mentioned it in the chat earlier, is the news regarding the new Need for Speed movie and that it's finally got a name attached to it regarding acting. And it's Aaron Paul, who 
most of you will know his big role has really been as Jesse in the TV series Breaking Bad. And to be quite honest, I don't think it's going to work. Because I, I know, I haven't seen an episode of Breaking Bad, which probably ultimately, you know, people ultimately go, why haven't you seen it? It's mainly because, one, the box sets are never cheap enough for me to get, and two, it's only chosen, it's only shown, sorry, over here in the UK on digital channels that I can't get. So, it's arguably the UK distributor's fault why I can't see it. I want to see it, especially because apparently one of the episodes did actually pretty much product place a video game. Which... I'm noticing as well, apparently it was an N64 movie commercial. It wasn't that... Oh no, that wasn't a commercial. That was just some kid going crazy about Nintendo 64. For Christmas. I remember that. But yeah, the whole premise for a Need for Speed movie really doesn't make sense. Because we know how well Need for Speed The Run worked with an actual person that you actually saw. And everything that's featured somebody that's actually talking in a Need for Speed game has really been good. No. So, yeah. If I know, so I think Shifty said in the chat earlier that it's going to be like Fast and Furious. No, it's not going to be like Fast and Furious. It's going to be worse than it. That's what it is. But yeah, take take with that what you will. It's going to suck. You got you got till twenty fourteen, I think, to actually realise it's going to suck. So think about it. Nice bit of news, though, this week. To accompany the news, I think I think it was last week, that Seth MacFarlane is going to be hosting the Oscars. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are going to be hosting the Golden Globes this year, or the, this next coming year as well. I think the Golden Globes are like this January 15th or 16th. And then, interestingly, apparently, the Oscars are two weeks after it. So the... Technically, the Oscars are going to be in late January, which I think is the earliest they've been for quite a while. Which basically means that the UK awards, the BAFTAs as they're called, nobody will give a crap because they've already given out the Oscars. Unless they've really rebuffed the schedule or something. So, I don't know. Scheduling-wise with the actual events, I don't know. But at least the hosts look to be very positive because no doubt Stephen Fry will be doing the BAFTA Film Awards hopefully and to me he is the nearest thing to God just saying you could probably ask him about something and he will know it he's nearly as good as Brasso I think even Brasso wouldn't wouldn't admit that he's not on Stephen Fry's level but anyway uh, final bit of news from me this week regarding entertainment is Black Dynamite. Yeah, the exploitation kind of parody film could be getting a sequel. And the word is, Michael Jai White was talking in an interview and said that they were throwing lots of approaches about it and they wanted the Black Dynamite character to be kind of like, they wanted it to be a Monty Python style movie franchise in which none of the movies are completely attached to each other apart from probably the black dynamite character so the word basically is that he, what he what one of the ones that was going round and seems to be 
one gaining interest from the fans on the net is that they're going to do a black dynamite western which obviously draws quite a lot of comparisons to Blazing Saddles which if you haven't seen Blazing Saddles one of the best western arguably one of the best comedy films ever made and even even though it isn't taken seriously it is a pretty damn good western even though there is a lot of stupidity in it and it basically towards the end it does come to a fight on a film set set in the modern day rather than a western but then that's what you expect from a Mel Brooks film but yeah Black Dynamite I I don't think I've seen the trailers for it it never got released over here I know it got a cinema release over there it's one that I will be tracking down on DVD because I it's it's like Shaft but funny don't make any jokes, people, just because I said the previous word. I'll get Isaac Hayes on you, and he'll start singing to you. Which might be better than Bronx is singing, depending on your opinion of Bronx is singing, but whatever. Anyway, with that, that's all my news. That's everything that needs to be covered. So, it is time to open up the phone lines. So, if you want to call in, you can do so via... I think three ways. Certainly you can call in for free via Skype. Just add Sunday Night Showdown to your buddy list and everything. Then you've got the standard calling number, which is 501-588-7957. That's 501-588-7957. And you can also, if you're in America, call toll-free on one 890 9618. That's 1888 Bollocks. <laughs> yeah, I'll, just to make sure people don't get understanding, put the wrong number in. Because I've seen plenty of adverts that try and do that with a joke. It's 1888 I had to clarify it. I don't want everything going wrong. So, with that, I believe we have a caller. Caller. Well, who the hell are you? Well, to go by the saying that my name is a sensational sequel, but tonight oh I don't have goodness. a name. <sighs> the thing is how yeah, I finished over early with the play, I decided I would come home and listen to the show. And I gotta say, pretty good job so far, man. Okay. So only the phone-ins can ruin it. So no pressure callers. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely got to give it up. I, like I said, I got home a little bit about an hour and a half ago, and, I mean, I started listening, and I was like, okay. I was like, maybe I can, uh, maybe I can give it to them. So I'll, I'll definitely say that uh, in two weeks you can definitely do the show solo again. That time I won't be able to listen to her, unfortunately. Do we need to get a better producer? <laughs> Why is that? Considering I fucked up twice tonight... Well, <laughs> no, I, the producer's fine. I mean, I will definitely give it to you. I mean, it's not it's not like you completely crashed the show. Oh, well, I'll go and get my tent from the unemployment line. Never mind. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Just go get it from that uh, from those guys who are occupying Wall Street or something. I don't know. Wow. But uh, I definitely wanted to call in right quick. I told Brass I not to tell you I was, in, I was in the chat. I'm under the guest account, of course. And then I logged in the Skype and automatically un- 
unlocked in a little bit. So it was kind of funny. He's, so, uh, he stealthed me, people. Oh, my word. I did. I was a little stealthy. I'll give it up. So uh, I just want to call in and give you that give you that throw out, man. Uh, good job so far. And uh, I can't wait to listen to the first part as I did miss a little bit of the gaming news. So I'll have to retake a listen to that. The gaming news or the gaming developer sessions? I missed Both. most of the gaming news. I missed the okay. entire gaming development session. I missed uh, about half of the gaming news. I came in when you were talking about the lawsuits. Okay. <laughs> Too many so, lawsuits this week. That's what's happened. There's a lot of lawsuits, I know. So, just one of those things I'll have to, and I'll have to go back and re-listen. Um, do, you want to leave a tease? do you want to leave a teaser for next week's What Game Are You Playing? Well, I'm going to try to play two games. Um, next week, I'll, I'll go and claim it. I mean, next week I'm going to try and play uh, the new 007 game, and I'm also going to try to get my hands on Medal of Honor. I don't know how well I'm going to get my hands on it, but I am going to be playing the 007 game. Okay. That's if I can tear myself away from uh, replaying Dishonored because I'm now in my second, second playthrough. I think you're just you're just also waiting for the fifth episode of Walking Dead to come out, and then you'll just get them all. And all honestly, I haven't even watched the first episode. It's one of those things no, where I, I didn't mean the TV series; I meant the game. Um, and all honestly, I haven't even finished playing the, the third one. I've kind of held back myself a little bit. I want to wait till that fifth till the fifth one comes out. That way, I won't be sitting there waiting for the game to still come out. I'll be able to switch straight into the fourth, and I'll switch straight into the fifth one. So it's just one of those things where I've got I've got to find time, and right now there's just seemingly no time for me whatsoever. And it's it sucks, but it keeps me busy no matter what. I mean, we finished the play tonight. We got another show tomorrow night, and it's just one of those things where I'm loving it no matter what. So. Okay, so. Uh... We'll, we'll let you go and get some rest and ho- hope everything goes well with your play tomorrow as well. Definitely. I want to thank, uh, I know I'm not on the show, but I'm, I know I'm not live on the show full tonight, but I will say this. Thank you to everyone listening. Thanks for the guys who uh, are listening to Archive. We'll catch you next week. I'll catch you next week right on the SS Radio Network with the open book. Ashley has still got the show to do, so uh, good luck, Ashley. I'll, I'll talk at you later next week. Thanks, Sean. And, uh, just keep doing a good job, Brassai. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> Cheers, Sean. Brassai always does a good job. It's very rare he makes mistakes. Ashley's got a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Sean is my slender man. I'm going to look behind and it's like, God damn it, he's behind me. Hopefully he doesn't look like the slender man and just have really long arms and a huge white face. I don't know. But anyway... Yes, so after that, you can call in. Sean called into his own show, so that means you can call in as well. So, yeah, call in, Skype, toll-free, the 501 number. Call in, guys, because I want to try and talk to those of you that want to call in. So go ahead. What's your thoughts on, I don't know, Call of Duty, because... Court of Duty Elite going free because I'm actually kind of really impressed by that. <laughs> I think Activision have realised, yeah, we screwed up because 
Well, no, I don't think they screwed up because I think they made too much money. But there you go. It's it's breaking down in the chat room. Wow. What do you mean it's breaking down? It's always down. <laughs> yeah, it's always breaking down. It's, yeah, it's just it's just breaking down because there is anger. Anger leads to hatred. Hate leads to. It would be nice to have a phone caller. Finally. Yeah. Or <laughs> or anyone. I mean, come on, guys. Give us a phone call. If you if no one calls within, let's say, the next eight minutes, that's one in the morning Eastern time. That's when we normally like to end the show. Yeah. We, we never do, but that's when we like <laughs> to end the show. And, oh, my God, it'll be one of the few shows on SNS that ends on time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like... I mean, okay, we won't count TNA Chat Live. They, <laughs> Bronx is very good at time, but still... It'd be nice to see somebody call. Waiting for a There's one thing time. I might as well mention, which I was going to, to try and bring last week's new segment in, which was what's happened in the news this week. And that's Felix Baumgartner. We talked about it last week, and this past Sunday he did it, and he fell, I think it was about 18, 17,000 feet in the space of about 10 minutes, which is freaking awesome but I'll get to more of that in a bit so now we've got somebody else calling in and I think he's somewhere in California so it better not be Hulk Hogan caller you're on the air uh, it's not Hulk Hogan because I'm not doing but we love Sponge you should do hey don't there, feel left out <laughs> hey there Ashley yeah and hey I, Anthony Oh, and also, hey, to the med man. I mean, brass eye. Can I ask you a question? What? You can hang up on me? No, 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 no. No? Does your hobby involve anything doing with this? C-R-A-C-K <laughs> Well, if that one drunken night, then, well. well... Yeah, yeah, go. You heard it here <laughs> last. Um, <laughs> anyway, Anthony, what's up? Uh, I don't agree with the opinion you said earlier about the Paranormal Activity 4. I agree. That movie sounds like it's going to suck. And they're just being that movie like they're a dead horse. There is one reason why it's going to suck. It features Microsoft Connect. Enough said. <laughs> and you were kind of wrong saying that the first movie got like a couple million dollars. As I found out, it only got like 15000 Yeah, it, it, due to the 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 glitch that we had I say glitch due to the issue we had with not going live I did mention that the first one was fifteen yeah fifteen thousand dollars and then for the second and the third and the fourth I think it's been about three four million dollars for each of them yeah the current one is um six uh, six million but it's only gotten so far from midnight uh, four point eight yeah if you can if you can make if you can make, because admittedly, the first one is good. Oh, yeah, agreed. It's just the fact that it spun off, let's think this through with the series. It spun off the second film, which is also a prequel and a parallel. The third one, which is a prequel been... to everything. And then the fourth one is the actual sequel. So in order, we're going three, one and two at the same time, 
and four. I'm just saying that they shouldn't just done number four. It could have been a completely different story. Have mentions what happened in the first three, but have it like its own story. Not have it like be a complete sequel. Yeah. You know, like the. But it just shows like how Hollywood does gets a good movie that has got good, but then they keep freaking using it and using it and using it till it's just round up and dragged out or dried up. I fe- I fear that's what's happening into Taken now. Because Taken, the first one, I enjoyed. Not everybody did, but I certainly liked it. The second one, I haven't seen it yet, but just the fact that it's now had a lower age rating over here in the UK, because the first one was a 15 certificate, except for because they removed one scene where he was being tortured on the balls. That was a 15 instead of being an 18. This one... They purposefully cut it from a 15 so it would cater to a 12A audience. So technically, a four-year-old kid can watch it. So the whole, the whole reason the first movie was good was because of the action being so hard-hitting. Now it's basically, you know, punch somebody and they'll look perfectly normal rather than a bruise appearing. And um, it looks like it to me, I'm, I'm going to skip this movie, just wait for it to come on DVD and wait till, um Wreck-It Ralph and uh, Red Dawn remake coming in theaters. Yeah, and, al- and also Silent Hill coming out next week as well. Uh, no thanks to me. I mean, more times than not, a video game, that, a movie that's based on a video game, crappy. Uh, Silent Hill is probably the only exception to that rule. The first one I thought was... It was faithful to the game enough, but it also obviously did the bits that you can't replicate in video games. And the fact as well that they've basically realized there's no point in doing Silent Hill 2, because it's similar-ish to 1. The fact that they've moved to 3, which I thought was a very strong sequel, is good. If they go to 4 and do The Room, which made no sense anyway as a plot, that's going to be troublesome. I'm not going to mind, because due to the issues I had with watching Dread a few weeks back, I got a free ticket to see a 3D film. So, I'm watching Sunny Hill for free, people. Woot! And Sean Ray uh, answered the question I was going to ask now, but so you haven't met, also haven't seen the Walking Dead premiere, have you? It debuted actually tonight, but again, that's on the digital channels, and I don't think that gets put normally on... Hey, I know how you feel, because I, ha- I used to have Dish Network, unfortunately, took out AMC, so I had to find <laughs> other means yeah, to see the episode. So. I think this, the second season got shown over here on... I've, well... I get it's all digital now over here, but I guess digital for all, not cable or satellite. For it was about three or four months ago they showed the second season, but I do know my premier source for watching most of the stuff I watch at the minute does have all season one, all season two, and by the looks of it, every week they're going to be adding the new episodes from season three. So it's something I definitely have to catch up with because. I, I really hope it, when I hope, I hope JJ does talk about it at some point uh, on SNS or whatever because 
the, the, the talk that they did do on Unplugged was some nice talk because even though I haven't seen it, I can tell that it's a good series, mainly because as well they've taken the right approach. With most series, I think they were talking about it on Elite Force podcast last week, most series are like, do 20 episodes and then do another 20 and then do another 20. With The Walking Dead, it was, I think the first series was about six or seven. Uh, and six, the and sec- I think the second one was 13. Yeah, but that, and then the way it was done there is it was six and then mid-season break and then I think another seven. Mm-hmm. Kind of Doctor Who-esque, that kind of thing. But, yeah, the, the way that they're doing the approach there really suits it and it's get, making me, it means it's getting a decent following. So, more people are interested in it. Yeah, and it's I the fact as well. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, because apparently the ratings are saying that it got a higher rating than um, the season two finale, which was the highest rating AMC ever got for a show. So, it is, fans are keeping attention to it. In my opinion, it was, I definitely say it was better than the premiere of season two. I'm not going to spoil it. They said yeah. there's going to be some stuff. And we will see the prison. I'm not going to explain what happens, though. But the, 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 it shows you how much interest there is in it, because previously the UK's had to wait about a month before they got it, for, certainly for the first and the second season. I think the first episode was shown last Sunday. Yeah, last Sunday. The, the, for that episode got shown tonight in the UK, so only a five-day difference, so same week. That shows you there's interest. We're uh, nearly verging on Lost. Oh, I don't care for Lost. Except it doesn't have polar care. bears and hatches. And if yeah, it no. does, why would polar bears and hatches appear in The Walking Dead? Zombie polar bears. Zombie that is polar awesome. bear. Zombie polar bears. I am writing this down now. Make a game about a zombie polar bear called Frank. Zombie smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I can't believe you not have seen not seen the uh, Breaking Bad. I know you said you gave your reason, but still, I mean, I gave it a shot and I enjoyed it. That's I just like love it because the logo features <laughs> chemicals. Yeah, that's the only reason. Wink, wink. Um, well, no, it's just I, I, it's a decent <laughs> concept to an actual graphic, rather than just have the X files and letters. It's taking yeah, and when they have a new, they have the cast member. They um, highlight the letter for like in the the table, element table, mm-hmm. as um in green. So they're like B Y or whatever. They go to highlight that letter or that combo. And I also like that the oh, dad was from the dad from um, Malcolm in the Middle is actually totally different in this show. Yeah, I'm certainly going to have to catch up with that. Oh, so plen- <laughs> There's plenty of places, but I'm pretty sure the first season is possibly on offer on Amazon, or I'll oh, just wait. I'll wait till the Black Friday week on the UK Amazon, and they'll probably have it on there because they'll be desperate uh, to get rid of something. For me, I just got the first three seasons like for like less than twenty bucks each. Because I got that DVD, mm. and the fourth season was coming out on DVD. So, but for don't expect like every storyline to end with a happy ending. Because you're going to see some shit, you're going to go like, holy crap. I never expect stuff to end with a happy ending. Like my life. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's just like every kind oh, of... Oh, well, that one night we had together, actually, wasn't that happy? The worrying thing is I don't remember it now, so tonight has just become sad. <laughs> You've been roofied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> anyway. Oh. oh, dear God. When I call, you never know what the hell you're going to get. So, damn. Yeah. Like, this show is like a box of chocolates. Screw Forrest Gump. <laughs> and anything else, Anthony? Uh, no, because I don't know what the hell we can go off from the whole you got roofies. So, I'm going to end my call there. Alright, bye. I know, I could, hey, thanks, Anthony. I don't know, from okay. roofies, we could do anything. I could draw a comparison to the living daylight, because Bond gets drugged in that. I'm trying to think of other things where he gets drugged in. I don't know why I'm bringing <laughs> Sean's like, what the hell happened? Yeah, I think we better wrap it up. He's getting slightly yeah. perturbed at us. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know if it's us or you, Brassi, but anyway. Oh, it's me, but I'm trying to share the blame. <laughs> anyway. Before this gets even more off the rails and starts landing on the opposite rails going in the other direction. Yeah, it's time to wind up a show for this week join us next week for Sean probably hating well not hating but probably I don't know I can't I don't want to do any opinions of his and try and give my own opinions for it of 007 Legends but yeah he'll be playing 007 Legends hopefully and or we could just do another review of Dishonored and do a full review because I think that deserves more attention arguably but yeah, more more news, more entertainment. Hopefully, less craziness. If that could ever happen to this show, hopefully it will. But with that, make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network. You've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern with JJ and Bronx. Then Thursday nights. You've got TNA Chat Live with Bronx at 10.30 Eastern. You've got our show every Friday at 11 Eastern. Sean will be back next week, and then he'll be gone again. And for once, I'm the only consistency for the next couple of weeks on the show. Obviously, that's because Sean has got other stuff which he's having to do. But, yeah, after I have a week away, I'm guessing my punishment is I have to do two shows alone. But I'll take it. It's it's a learning curve for me. I've got to learn how to do how to deal with solo live broadcasts or something. I need experience, shall we say? But you've got that, and then Sunday night showdown every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, or at least every Sunday when there's a pay per view. Next one coming up will be WWE's Hell in a Cell. Uh, a week from now unless you're listening to the archive in which it's X amount of days before slash after I don't know but podcast wise as well we've got Beyond the Bear with Sean Beckerman the Elite Force podcast both the midweek edition with Chuck W and the weekend edition with Walkie and Mime Wipe and also whole indie show 
with myself and Randy. And newly added just uh, today to the network is the hard way with Adam, uh, well, from Headlocks to Headlines. It's been on there for a while, so it's good to have that show now up on the network. And also, speaking of Headlocks to Headlines, the man that will defend TNA to the death, unless it's Hulk Hogan trying to beat up Aces and Eights, Crowley. Hopefully he will be back this week with Maverick with Running the Ropes. Hopefully he might also have the remnants of his sign that got torn up by Kid Cash. Or the one that got beer tipped on it by the the gut by the plants that couldn't hold on to a bottle of beer. Isn't it weird? Girls that can't hold on to things. No wonder Crelly was nothing to do with them. Anyway, with that, thanks for you guys for listening. Thanks to Sean for letting me go solo this week. Uh, hopefully I did well enough to be able to do it again in a week or so uh, thanks to Brasai Producing and Song of the Night is dedicated to Felix Baumgartner because it's not every day that you can say that you jumped from space and came down to earth in 10 minutes and then was just standing up and talking to people from your parachute jump so with that a little David Bowie space oddity in tribute for the man who fell to earth. With that, that was the open book. We'll see, me and Sean, we'll see you next week. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Commencing countdown engines on Check ignition and may God's love be with you. This is ground control to Major Tom. You've really made the grade. And the papers want to know. And I'm floating in a moment
Let us never speak of this again.